BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Kim Fox is a proven progressive reformer, fighting gun crime, enacting bail reform, and expunging records from the failed war on crime are a few of her achievements. It takes more than three years to fix the broken justice system. Look at her record, not the rhetoric. Re-elect Kim Fox for Cook County State's Attorney. Paid for by Friends for Fox. Hour number two of the Ben Jarofsky Show is moments away. But before we get into this, we got to thank the following unions again for sponsoring this program. Unions like the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Thank you so much, unions. And of course, today's Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Hour number two. Let's go. It is Thursday, March 12th, and live from the Chicago Sun-Times Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. In this hour of the program, pension guru and union man Jeff Johnson makes his return. <laughs> Notorious PIG. And it's the return of Lisa Solomon and our cannabis conversations continues with Joseph Friedman. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Jeff Johnson grooving into that song. I hadn't heard this song. I hadn't heard yeah. this song because this is a new song. We uh, we got a cease and desist letter about the old song. <laughs> and just, we had a drop. We're not quite sure it was the song right now. I don't think it. it was the song. Yeah. But anyway, so we came up with it. We asked our listeners to kick in some songs, and one of our listeners wrote that. So that's Sweet. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, really pretty cool. D, before I uh, do the deep dive with Jeff and all the issues, Dave, any updates or anything? Uh, no, just everybody at Benny J Show. B E N N Y, the letter J Show. We encourage all of you to follow us on uh, Facebook and Twitter. And also, we're typically on YouTube, YouTube Live. Find us at the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel. Not sure why. YouTube isn't working today. But we're on Facebook Live nevertheless. And uh, also, check out those backroom deals. All right. Jeff Johnson. So I got text him this morning. I go, look, Jeff, oh, yeah. you don't want to come. I understand. Jesus not- <laughs> Christ, man. Come on. <laughs> it's old school. Yeah, come He's on. old school late now, if you, And now if you notice, your microphone has a Kleenex with it and a rubber band wrapped around it. As long as I'm not licking the railings yeah. or anything on the doorknobs on the way in, I should be all right, right? <laughs> Please don't lick anything, all right, right, right. Uh, Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, Jeff Johnson comes in. But you weren't here with us last month. Let's, no, uh, it, it was, was uh, snow or cold or whatever. And my editor, uh, I was tied up in my real job. And uh, fire tell department. folks what your real job Fire is. department dispatcher for the city of Chicago at the uh, Office of Emergency Management uh, Communications. Uh, we had overtime. And I can't remember if it was cold or snow. It had to be like a snow. No, uh, that little uh, trickle of snow that we had that the city freaked out about. Yeah, I think it was actually a, a fear. Yeah. Which maybe 
play into this. Yeah, uh, yeah, we were yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. that. I'm, I, I, I've got the coronavirus fear big time now. Do you really? Do. So I, yeah, with the 24-hour news cycle, yeah, people are freaking I'm out. freaking out. I got to tell you, maybe you can bring me back to Earth. Uh, I, I've already talked about Rick Morris. He wrote a column yeah, today sometimes. Uh, he goes, my thoroughly uneducated guess is that we're overreacting to coronavirus. And, you know, Rick's... Yeah, but, you know, there's that trick bag, right? Where it's, if you say, like, you know, we're overreacting, calm down, guys. And then it's slightly worse than people thought it was. The people that were said overreact look like the uh, jerks yeah. in this situation. No, I'm kind of with uh, Rick on this. Uh, just calm down. Take a deep breath. You know, we'll be fine. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm doing uh, a lot of. And, you know, uh, like I was talking with uh, somebody today, an investor, and we're talking about China, right? And uh, with the China market, with the investments and everything, Thing, you really can't get a good deep dive into their uh, investments and like kind of like do the uh, due diligence you need to do because there's really no boots on the ground and they've tried to make their economy more of a you know, transparent economy where you can kind of like you know have faith in investing in it but it's still a communist mm. government right so the numbers that kind of came out of there there's the fear that maybe they were doctored a little bit um, having said that it still goes back to like hygiene, you know, just don't cough in my face, look door, uh, doorknobs or railings, and, you know, we can probably get through this. And obsessively wash your hands, which I've been doing. <laughs> obsessively just wash Just so you know, uh, we're kissing and hugging after this uh, segment. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you took the picture already. Yeah, I you? took a picture, but it kind of got blurry, but uh, yeah, we'll whatever. I, I'm taking another one. I'm kissing and hugging on you. All right, so there's two, th <laughs> two things. You too. You uh, too, babe. Bring it. Two things I want to address right away with yeah. you. Uh, let's do with the, the the second. The one is you, you've already alluded to markets. Uh, Jeff, mm -hmm. Jeff's our, uh, our our pension fund expert. Yeah, and uh, so we'll talk about the impact of of coronavirus on the markets and the impact of the markets decline yeah. on our pensions. But let's first talk about one of our listeners was was asking whether we felt uh, the city has reacted. Uh, as best it could in this crisis. Yeah, that's always going to be the question afterwards. Has the city reacted the best? Okay. And, and so what? how did that conversation go? Well, I, I kind of ducked and dodged it. Ooh, and I'll tell you nice. why. You know, yeah. I mean, like I a politician. He's an honest guy. Uh, exactly. I'm honest. I punted. I, it wasn't that I punted. It was more like I didn't, I hadn't thought about it in those terms. When it's a crisis like this, mm -hmm. I think of it in federal terms. I think, yeah. well, we're a, a union of states. Politics is local. A, you're right. Politics. So, for instance, okay, let me let me back up. If there's a snowstorm, I don't worry about what the federal government's doing. I wonder: is the city of Chicago on top of things? Are the the crews going out there to plow the okay. the streets? Are the crews going out there to salt the streets? You know, are are some aldermen are so good they dispatch volunteers to shovel walks of senior citizens? Votes. Uh, <laughs> whatever, whatever the reason, it's a good thing. So okay. that's a local. That's yes. what I think local. Okay. But when I think of like a, a a pandemic that's affecting the entire country, the entire world. I turn my attention to, to the, the federal, federal government. government. Okay, you know, yeah. so that's kind of how my brain works on this. Yes, and I've been very open about it. A freaking disaster. This, the way Donald Trump has reacted to this. Well, are you projecting your issues with him on how they've how the federal government has handled this, and like just him particular, or the him. federal, like oh, no, the yeah, yeah, CDC? I, and yeah. fair enough. I make a distinction, and okay. I, I make a distinction. To me, the only thing on the local level that's equivalent. This is before your time, but I know you know about it because you follow politics. Is the way Mayor Michael Bolanek handled the huge snowstorm yes. of 1979. That's why Hunt said why he lost the election. 
Byrne. Yeah, he lost to Jane Byrne, and every mayor learned, yeah. you better send those plows out there, you better salt those streets. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. I think the federal employees, I work from the assumption that federal employees are all good people doing their job trying under very t- trying circumstances with a lunatic in charge mm-hmm. who can't keep his mind on a problem from one minute to the next because it's always about him and so that's how i view yes uh, donald trump i got nothing but love for people at the cdc who are trying to <laughs> figure out how to deal with this lunatic on the top okay uh, all right so all right uh so but in terms of the local level local level I mean, all right, so i can you? speak to the local and a smidge of the state level so i'll speak to the local level aspect of things uh first off from the get-go uh my like i said my real job is a fire department dispatcher we'll start small and go big uh my real job is a fire department dispatcher for oemc i'm a emergency medical technician uh did that when i was 20 years old got uh, trained how to be emt uh from day one they train you on ppe which is gloves mask personal protection equipment from day one and every con ed you've had from day one through 20 years I've been doing this every con ed is like okay how would you address this scene and they ask you like a litany of questions how would you address this scene always the first answer in every question is scene safety and personal protective equipment right and so paramedics firefighters they're it's ingrained in their head to have their masks on, gloves on, their personal uh, protection equipment uh, from the very get-go. Um, and so the first responders, we got 99 firehouses in the city of Chicago that respond on flu cases, flu calls. You know, I'm sick. Mm-hmm. Well, what's wrong? I'm sick. Send me an ambulance. So we'll send an ambulance out. Paramedics, firefighters, they all show up. They all have their, it's ingrained in their head to put the gloves on, masks, everything. So from it spreading that way, and like these paramedics, they disinfect the rigs down. Firefighters do the same thing. I'm not worried on that sense. Um, it's more of a communal aspect of, you know, somebody going to the uh, club or somebody going to, you know, the church or whatever. That's where it kind of can spread that way. Um, and the city response has been good, right? They're telling everybody, if you're sick, stay home. Now you get into the sick paid time uh, off. That's a whole other issue. And that's a, you're really going down a rabbit hole on that aspect um and you know you're you know canceling the nba season what about these part-time workers that are working at united center that are like hey wait you just canceled uh 21 of my income for the year holy crap um and so in aima going a little bit further aima alicia tate nado used to be the executive director of oemc she is a wonderful woman. She's in charge of IEMA now. Uh, when uh, uh, after Rom took uh, Rom left, there was a new mayor. Uh, Rich Guidis is in charge of OEMC, which is kind of the blanket for emergency management communications. What is it's just tell people what it stands for? Uh, oh. Office of Emergency Management and Communication. So yeah. it's kind of the then we they they like to call it the nerve center for the city of Chicago mm-hmm. for everything. Um, and Rich is. Uh, 30-year city employee, been around a long time, great at his job. And so Alicia used to have the executive director role. She left to IEMA. And so now she's in charge. That's 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 Illinois Emergency Management. Mm -hmm. And so she's in charge of that. And she has a degree. She came from, uh, don't quote me on this, Marines, Navy, Air Force. And she was a, or uh, that would have been reserves. Mm -hmm. uh, Bridget did blah, 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 some title that I was way above my pay grade. And she's great at her job, right? And, you know, these are the tabletop exercises. I was thinking about this. I was talking to my uh, daughter about it. I'm like, you know, uh, like 
the way they prepare for this is these tabletop exercises. You know, if there's a flood here, if there's an outbreak here, and I, I jokingly say like GI Joes, they moving around like, okay, how do we get, you know, medicine? How do we get equipment here? And they, okay, so if there's here, but there's a flood here, but there's a fire here. And, you know, these are what these people train for. And, you know, I hate to say a positive out of this completely, excuse my word, crappy mm-hmm. uh, was a 9-11. After that is when these like, emergency management aspects of like they started training for these pandemics, these biological issues, these global, uh, you know, floods. And this is stuff that they've, these are professionals that actually have college degrees that it's their full-time job to do. Mm -hmm. And that's where I take faith in that. Now you point at the, like the very, very top of the pie chart. I always say the flow chart, you know, the very top of the uh, flow chart. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, Um, the faith there, I call it what you will. Um, but people under him that work down into yeah. like their, their real jobs, their career jobs. I have faith in that aspect. Of All right. Here, and I, I'm with you. I do. Uh, I right. didn't win you on that. Jesus, but man. Here's the problem, man. Here's the problem. The problem is this. We have a lunatic. And I always, I have a tendency to uh, 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 lunatics, put it, okay. uh, just, put it in terms yeah. of movies. What, the, ever see the Kane Mutiny? It's before your time. Great movie. No. Uh, Humphrey Bogart plays no, the insane captain of a, of a ship. Okay. And they have to have a mutiny. Uh-huh. It's basically updated mutiny on the bounty. Yeah. And they have to have a mutiny to get, because he's a lunatic. Yes. Uh, and uh, so they have to have a mutiny. Because otherwise the ship will go down, basically, and that's my concern with dealing when the person, like you said, the person at the, t- if you could just placate them, hey boss, you're looking good today. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, know, it's the uh, I have an old school political friend uh, from the 47th Ward, and he talked about like a lot of these. He was in city government, right, uh-huh. from the old uh, Ed Kelly days. Yeah, I thought I thought it would be Ed Kelly. Ed Kelly, yeah, from the he's old Ed Kelly alive, days, by the way. Exactly, and I from per my friend, he's hopping and skipping better than I am, right? <laughs> he's doing pretty well. He's yeah. doing pretty well, yeah. And so um, what he said was, he goes, you'd be sitting in these meetings and you'd get some tyrant, you know, some, you know, it's the newest uh, department head for the, those, you know, the flavor of the month. They'd come in, scream and yell, do this, do that. And if you were the smart city worker or whatever government entity, you'd go, uh-huh, sure, we'll do that. And what you would do is you'd walk out of the room, go back and keep doing your job the <laughs> way you were doing it, right? Yeah. And so that's where it goes into this, right? You know, and I, you know, the one that, the, the one thing that worried me at the very outset was that CDC had to run their statements through the White House. Yeah. That was a little concerning, like, oh, you know, like when you get politics involved into it. But now that's kind of been lifted and now it's a matter of, you, you have the career people are doing a job and yesterday or last night say what you will about a speech but it was when now it's kind of shifted a little bit it went from eh, don't worry about it it'll be fine once yeah. the sum comes out you're fine yeah to like all right maybe we do have an issue yeah and that was the first acknowledgement of like you know maybe there is an issue yeah. to this. yeah uh yeah no that's what i started off by saying well <laughs> this this was the rel- relatively under control uh focus guy we'll see where he goes with it tomorrow and there was five uh, corrections right after the uh, <laughs> you're reading a teleprompter how do you have five uh you know clarifications oh uh, yeah but it reminds Jeez. me uh because you, you you present that 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 image in my mind, Jeff, where the president is saying one thing, or any it could be any leader. I'm going to make it local in a little while, but it, it, it's saying one thing, and then you have the 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 array of aides behind them with the stone face, because if 
That's the commander. That's the boss. You cannot make have any expression that shows that you don't agree with him, mm-hmm. that you think he's a lunatic, that you, you go home yeah. and scream. Oh, yeah. But you got that stone. And you know what happens. Yeah, yeah exactly. You this know what happens. Mother This dumb son of a... Yeah. And by the way, we are allowed to swear to podcast as Kim Oh, Fox it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. But uh, anyway, so uh, I, it brought back memories. One of my favorite moments uh, was when Rom was having a press conference in 2014. I can remember because I wrote about it so much. And he was talking about the budget, how, what a master he was at the budget. He was mm-hmm. getting ready to run for re-election. Uh, and it was at some kind of water. I think it was at the, mm-hmm. you know, the water uh, purification plant over on... Um, uh, Jardine or yeah, Jardine, uh, Jard- Jard- the Jardine water plant. Jard- yeah. And so there was a whole array. I think I think the press conference had to do with water issues. I can't remember, but there was just an array of people there who uh, were there for water issues. And Ron went on this tangent about somebody asked him a question about legalizing marijuana, appropriate to our next guest. And he was mm-hmm. he said, "I'll never do it." I guess his polls were showing it was a losing issue. Um, should have come to me, I would give him other advice. Anyway, he went on this thing about marijuana, and you, the faces of these water workers, they're like, they didn't know what to do. Yeah, can yeah, I go yet? Yeah, yeah. can I leave? Cause can I like, go yet? This is not my issue. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what, yeah. you know, do I nod? I, well, I, mm-hmm. you know, I think he's a lunatic. I'm smoking reefer myself at night. I mean, when it, when it doubt, do the power triangle and just nod your head. <laughs> So anyway, that'll get us through uh, all this. All right, I'm glad to see you have confidence. Uh, and um, my dear friend, Sam Holloway, if you're listening out there, I know you are. He's a firefighter. He drives a truck. And so uh, we're going to bring him on, maybe get uh, his thoughts on how it's going to impact uh, firefighters. You're right. If all of a sudden you're getting these calls mm-hmm. because someone's re- really sick. Did they send out the but call? it. But it's, I mean, you know, somebody calls 911 and they're sick and we send an ambulance anyway. So, I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, you can try and narrow it down a little bit, but it's still a matter of, and then you have people that are so infatuated with watching the news 24 seven and they get the slightest, you know, headache, you know, sickness, and they think they have the COVID-19, right? You know, I got the Corona. Like, uh, yeah, I've had the Corona too, but you know, yeah. Jeff, I got to say, I'm, I'm kind of in that category. I'm just revealing this. Oh, you, <laughs> if you start coughing, yeah, exactly. No, but I do the test. I'm not going to do it today. Dennis will get mad at me. But yesterday, I was like, really? Do it? There was this test. Someone told me about it. Like, you hold your breath for 10 counts. And so I was doing uh, like, So I was going, okay, I didn't. Not I, great podcasting material. Him I, not saying anything. Yeah, exactly. I did not picture you this way, though. I wouldn't have you as the hypochondriac. Uh, uh, I'm heading in that direction. But, really? But I think it's part of the reason I sm- stopped smoking reefers, because I didn't like sharing the joint you know what i'm saying it's like i think i'll stay away from it. all right let's uh, let's get down to the markets are you oh, yeah. market man you're gonna give me advice on which stocks to buy oh, of course uh, yeah. but uh Go no, defensive uh and uh so here we are this the markets have fallen i don't know what they've done today i've been in this bubble Jesus, they're down two thousand right now all right, so the impact it has on the pensions. Oh, you yeah. sit on the, the city's municipal pension yes. board. You're our Mini- guru. Uh, so what are the impacts in mm. short-term and long-term? All right, so uh, try and ignore the short-term. And just keep in mind, we are long-term investors. You know, uh, Investments that the board makes today are going to play out 30 years down the road, right? Um, and so I've been on the board now three, four years, uh, four years. And I'm still dealing with the 08 correction. Mm. And so, like, 
everything that our, our numbers, you know, your three, your five, your eight, your 10 years, um, and all the way through. So 08 just ran off kind of the books right now. And so like for the last couple of years, I've been dealing with that. Like, well, well once 08 falls off the books, our numbers will look a lot better because of the bull run. Um, and so we are long-term investors and I want to stress that. And we are, but the problem is we are different than your 401k investor. Your 401k investor is, you know, you have a hundred shares of a stock, you hold on to it. Yeah. It drops. Okay. Well, you still have a hundred shares, for example. And then the stock market comes back up with the pension funds. We have to liquidate assets to pay benefits a month, every month. Um, and that's where it's a little different in the fact that we have to liquidate assets. And if the market's down, when we have to liquidate assets, we're taking a hit when the market's down. And so then we're kind of like, it's a double whammy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the market, it's going to go down. And like, you know, for my city workers that listen, and I know there's a couple other pension trustees that are listening right now from a couple of the other funds. I love you guys. Uh, and so like, you know, it's a long-term game, right? It's the long game. Yeah. Now we say with pensions, a long game. And so we're focusing you know, like right now, like, Oh, it's going down 2000 points right now. If I had an extra thousand dollars right now, I would totally throw it in the market. If I had right now, if I had an extra thousand dollars, it's the J curve, right? The market's diving, diving, diving. You want to get right in at the bottom. And then it goes right back up. So, you you know, you can inject some money right there. Uh, you can go defensive. You know, like I said, uh, I was telling uh, him uh, earlier about WD-40 and duct tape. <laughs> it, it's goofy, right? It yeah. sounds goofy as hell. Yeah. But when people have money and the economy's going good, something breaks, yeah. they just buy a new one. Yeah. But when the economy's bad, they fix their product. So they go out and buy duct tape. They go out and buy WD-40. Those are safe investments. The dollar stores were up. The other day when the stock market was down 1,500 points, the goddamn dollar stores were up. Because we're all be shopping there. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) It's jokingly enough, but those are the safe bets in a down economy. Um, Clorox bleach, you know, those types of things. You know, I want to invest in the FANG stocks, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, and uh, Google. I kind of stay away from there because those are the volatile ones. Um, but from the pension fund standpoint, we'll be fine. This is long term. It's going to kick us in the teeth. Well, let's talk about that. When you say uh, liquidate assets, that means you're selling stocks. We uh, from the Muni Fund, we pay out roughly eighty million dollars a month in benefits mm-hmm. to pensions. So we have to make sure that we have eighty million dollars a month in cash to pay out to make sure the checks don't bounce. And I always joke, like as a city worker, my checks never bounced. As a retiree, their checks have never bounced, and I would not want that. Uh, we were lucky enough that the city. Uh, gave us the first installment of our, uh, we're supposed to get roughly 421 million this year. Mm-hmm. The city gave us 200 million, roughly, I think it's about 187 million in cash. Hey, here's your first installment of payments. So now we are lucky enough that in this downturn, we don't have to liquidate assets and we still, we have the cash on hand that we could pay out the benefits for the next uh, couple of months. Uh, so we're lucking out there. Uh, hopefully in, a month or two that this kind of, you know, like I said, that J curve. And a lot of people are saying it's going to be a V straight down, straight up. Mm. That's kind of, you know, that's wishful thinking. And that's assuming that this coronavirus uh, outside of people. Oh, like, I see. You. I, I just did the image the v. in my mind. Yeah, yeah straight v. down, yeah, straight, yeah, straight up. up. Uh, that's wishful thinking. Versus the J. Yeah. Down, low curve, back up, right? Uh-huh. So the G, the yeah. J or the V. So yeah. with Jaroski, with yeah. the J or the V. Oh! Well, he's got a million of them today, yeah. folks. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, or Jeff Johnson. Oh, there's no V in there. There's no V in there. I put a V in my name somewhere. Uh, um, 
Yeah, no. And so it's a matter of, and plus too, the pension funds, and this is something that for the last couple of years, I've kind of been like, I didn't get it. And I'm not saying I didn't get it, but I fought it at first. We've been going defensive, more fixed income, uh, more real estate, more, uh, we did, our last RFP was for global low volatility stocks. It's a word salad that like, yeah, okay, whatever. Writing but it down. yeah, global low volatility stocks. And that's our last RFP we did for, I think it was about $150 million. And it's exactly what it is. They're global stocks, but they're low volatility. Whereas every, like prior to the last week or so, stocks were up, down, up one day, down one day, up one day. Yeah. These stocks were the safe stocks yeah. that would kind of continue treading you know, north. So we've been prepared for this. From, you say RFP, request for uh, proposal? Yes. So what are you requesting? What proposals are you requesting? Uh, all firms that handle uh, global low volatility. Like, there's all these niches out there. Like it, you know, you know, the Benny Jaroski uh, investment firm handles fixed income, global, uh, global low volatility, <laughs> and whatever. And you read the RFP, and you're an investment firm from San Francisco, yeah. wherever. Oh, wait, I do that. And so then you put in your, con- you put in your pitch yeah and then you come in front of the uh, pension board and say okay i do this is my specialty and this is why i think i would be a good pick for global low volatility and then you pitch us on it and then the pension board picks the managers they think are the best fit i see and so we've been preparing for this for the last three years for a market downturn so uh i'm sure you get this question all the time uh from uh, the employees of the city Will be because of this market collapse, right? I shouldn't say collapse, That's correction, correction. Well, yeah, it's beyond correction, but whatever. Well, anyway, 20% is a correction, so right now we're right, we're teetering on okay. 20%. Right. Yeah. This market shift, let's say, there you go. uh, our, our property tax is going to have to go up to meet obligations. No, uh, and the, the, the biggest thing about this is from like I said, a 30 year investment horizon. Even if it goes down 10% or uh, 10%, let's say 10%. And right now it's down like three or four, right? It's a blip on the map because everything's spread out. So everything that has to be paid out is still spread out over 30 years. This isn't going to be some major shift in taxes or anything like this. It's going to be, and to tell you the truth, it's going to be bad. It's going to be some hit pieces that maybe come up. And then who knows? Like I said, the last six months of this year might be great. That V, yeah. and then it comes out an equal market. Who get, Who cares? Yeah. I, I almost, you almost went into Kim Fox country there with who gives up. Yeah, who gives up? Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, and uh, so by, by the way, I guarantee you that uh, if the market doesn't come back quickly, uh, the anti-union forces in the state of Illinois will be using that as an argument to kill pensions. And that's it, there's going to be hit pieces on it. You know, I could I could name off uh, the artist or the uh, uh, reporters that run these pieces. Uh, they're going to do it anyway, right? Even in a good market, we had we we got sixteen point. And keep this in mind, we got sixteen point eight last year. And they still ran hit pieces on why pensions uh, shouldn't. Uh, you know, the latest thing was tier twos are going to you know, pay for the tier ones. And that's, uh, you know, it's a bad uh, deal. Well, that was the whole plan of tier one or tier twos. No, they're yeah. going to pay more. Yeah. Right. And so at 16.8, they still ran hit pieces. Yeah. And if there's a bad market, they're going to run more hit pieces. They're going to come at you. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's shift it uh, to politics for a while. Sure. Uh, everybody knows I'm a Bernie supporter. and It's, yes. it's not been going well for my guy. No. Uh, I've been trying to be as gracious as I can to all the Biden people to come through here. And there are a lot of them come through. Now, I don't know who you support because you keep your cards close to your vest. But you did predict. I don't know if you remember this. It was. About a year ago, 
Whenever we first started talking about it, you predicted Biden. I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember that. You predicted Biden. You said that the party, in your sense of it, wanted electability, yeah. and Biden was the safest was choice. Was the safest choice. And uh, The so. IBEW International came out and endorsed Biden uh, literally a day and a half before Iowa. Which was kind of weird. People were like, wait, what the hell? And then I, after Iowa, and like the first couple, you're like, oh, this is great. Um, Put money on a losing a horse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, now look at it. Yeah, um, yeah, no. And that's what, you know, a lot of it is you're going to have to try and heal the party. All right. You know, the so far left and, you know, the middle and everybody in between. You're going to try and have to heal the party. And. It still, in my mind, comes down to that wall. You know, your Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio, uh, Wisconsin, and what, where they go, and even possibly Florida with that, um, where they go, Biden versus Trump. And a lot of it, too, I think, and, you know, you've had people on here a lot more articulate than me. Uh, it's about who Biden chooses for his vice president. And um, that's going to be the key to what other demographic you can drum up. Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to go an Hispanic woman? Do you want to go an African-American woman? Do you want to go any other of the spectrum mm-hmm. aspect of that? And what's going to bring out your best, you know, base of Castro people? win Texas. Ooh, <laughs> really? I don't know, just threw that out yeah, there. You just threw it out there. Not Kamala? <laughs> Well, you know, I was drinking the Kam- uh, Kamala Harris Kool-Aid for a long time. Uh, early on in the debates, I got a lot of heat from our listeners. I was like, you know, because she, she went after Joe. I don't know if you remember it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, hard after they, Joe. They, well, they all went after each other, right? And, and they got to kiss and make up after that. Yeah, that's 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 what I talk about primaries. Uh, sometimes it's harder to kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's worried about the coronavirus. Can we just... Uh, do elbow knocks, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm I, speaking into a tissue right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! This Jeff Johnson interview brought to you by Kleenex. Kleenex. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, uh, moving uh, on. Moving on. I, uh, I, I don't think it's. We have people coming on who predict Kamala Harris, uh, and. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of thinking he's going to take Castro, but what do I know? The last person in the world who would know what Joe Biden's going to do. Yeah, but hey, hear me out. You ballpark it right now. We're taking bets for toothpicks. Trump, Biden. Oh, do you see that mop? You're sticking with the... Oh, Biden mopped the floor with Trump. Really? Joe Biden. See... What about the senior moments that he's starting to have? So what? Trump can't get a sentence out. And by the way, I say this all the time in this show, and I'm not just joking. And I'll say it again and again and again. I've never seen any evidence that voters hold inarticulateness against a candidate. Mayor Richard M. Daley. But doesn't that I didn't just, understand what he was saying. Doesn't that just speak to what you said about the, the downside to Trump, though, right? If he can't uh, articulate what he's saying... Donald Trump just uh, emanates a message that his, uh, through vibrations, that his supporters pick up and just love. So I, I'm not denigrating Donald Trump's ability to uh, keep his his voters in line. They love him. Mm-hmm. He's a product that they've bought into and they continually buy into it. And uh, in some ways, I'm impressed by the game he plays. Uh, Joe Biden has a similar thing going Mm -hmm. and people like we play all the time jeff we have a feel that the bit he did in the debate uh where he was he didn't even know where he was going with it and he ended up saying speak words to your kids or whatever it is it's absolutely (laughs) baffling (laughs) but i see no evidence that anybody holds and i'll say what again 
Mayor Daley, yeah. could not get out of a sentence. I don't know who I don't know. Wait, what? Yeah, I know what he's trying to say. The thing that's going to worry me, though, is the polls, because the polls aren't going to hold any water. Because there's that silent Trump supporters. Yeah. So it's like the Hillary thing. Oh, yeah, Hillary's going to win this. No problem. And then look what happened. Well, all right. It's the silent Trump supporters that the polls are going to be skewed and you can't believe them. Uh, yeah, that's true. And uh, uh, people are lying to polls. Exactly. All the they time. lie. And, they lie you know, the they time. do that normally. But with the Trump aspect, it's a little more divisive. And that's where people are like, oh, I don't know. Uh, well, I still stick with it. Uh, Joey B mops the floor with him. All right, we got to move on. We have our next guest. We're going to be switching topics to cannabis. Uh, uh, and uh, it's our cannabis conversation. I did not say reefer. Reefer, yeah. Every, uh, every uh, what's it? Every Thursday in the reader, or in the uh, in the uh, red eye, there's the two-page uh, article about cannabis. Cannabis. Every, every uh, red eye. Well, the reader's going after it, too. Yeah. Lisa Salmon's like, forget the red eye. Yeah. Talk about the reader. Yeah, I know. <laughs> A lot of R's in that. All right, Jeff Johnson, thank you very much. All right, brother. We're going to switch to cannabis when we come back.
right, shout out to our friends, The Curls. That's off the album Bounce House. Like a fool. That's so cool. It's like uh, we're doing like uh, actual like FM radio. Like a fool from uh, the curls. <laughs> good times. Uh, love go, the curls. Go check that out, everybody. Our good friends, the curls. Uh, more Ben Jarofsky show on the way. But first, you got to hear about an event that is coming up. Eroding beaches on Chicago's lakefront. Warmer winters in the upper Midwest. Microplastics in our water. What can any one person do? Our best hope for saving the planet and ourselves is through the power of we. Get to the ninth annual One Earth Film Festival, the Midwest's premier environmental film festival. It's March 6th through the 15th. March 6th through the 15th. When? March 6th through the 15th. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say the that. The 14th? No. Uh-uh. Pay attention. Take a piece of paper out and a pencil okay. and write it down. March 6th through the 15th. Okay? 15th. And there's 26 films, 48 events, and four counties. What is that again, D? 26. Films. 48. Events. Four. Counties. You can engage with filmmakers and experts. Venues include Tesla Gold Coast, Loyola University, Plant Chicago, Old St. Patrick's Church, Chicago Cultural Center, Lake Theater and Oak Park, and much more. Go to OneEarthFilmFest.org. What is that, D? OneEarthFilmFest.org. One more time. OneEarthFilmFest.org. <laughs> God, are you good. That's correct. Commercial break over. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Every other week, Lisa Solomon's in the studio, our cannabis expert. And uh, we talk cannabis, 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 cannabis. Say that ten times, Lisa Solomon. <laughs> uh, and uh, once again, I appreciate you coming in. Uh, today, I texted you this morning. I said, hey, I understand if you don't come in, and here you are. So Of course, I God wouldn't miss you. this. Love uh, coming on here. Uh, and your guest, the cannabis guest today is a cannabis. Well, why don't you introduce uh, Joseph? I'll introduce him. I'm gonna, I've got Joseph Friedman here, who is a cannabis pharmacist. Before we move to Joseph, I'm going to say a couple of things. One, I wasn't expecting to talk about, but there was just a promo running for the One Earth Film Festival. Mm -hmm. Since we're talking about cannabis, it's important that everyone understands how great hemp is for our environment. Hemp pulls toxins out of soil. It pulls CO2 out of the air. So read about it. Great plant. It can heal the earth and heal our bodies, which is what I wanted to open with. Everything we're hearing about COVID-19, mm -hmm. you know, Trump's closing off the border to people from other countries, to imports. You know, most of our medication supply is dependent on components from China or it's actually produced over there. And Joseph, since he's a pharmacist, would know more about that than I do. But cannabis is known to have many antifungal, antiviral and antibacterial properties. And we can grow it here in our earth, in water, in the air. So we need to legalize it and do more research so we can be more dependent on U.S.-made products yeah. for healing. When you say legalize it, you mean at uh, the federal, federal level. It's, it's great that it's legal. This is a constant theme on this, sh on this show, as you know, Lisa. <laughs> Joseph, you probably know this as well. It's a constant theme. It's great that it's legal here. Uh, in the state of Illinois, I applaud Pritzker and the Democrats for getting it through, but it's just the first step. You got to have it on a federal level. Right. Until it's legal at the federal level, universities and hospital systems are very concerned with doing trials because they're afraid they'll lose their federal funding. Mm -hmm. So. All right. So why don't you introduce this young man that's sitting right here. All right. So Joseph, as I mentioned, is a cannabis pharmacist, and he's also the founder of the only pharmacist-owned and operated dispensary in Illinois. 
And he's also one of the speakers for NECAN, which is the big cannabis convention we have coming up April 3rd and 4th. As of now, that is still on. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Ben. It's great to be here. And uh, it's, it's such a thrill to be able to talk about cannabis, talk about the medical side of cannabis. I think there's a lot of conversations going on about the non-medical side of cannabis, which has happened in Illinois. But at the same time, I do have some stories about you know, some problems with that. But at the same time, it's a good thing. And what do you mean, uh, some problems with the legal, the recreational end of it—is that what you were getting at? Well, you know, you've got you've got uh, a lot of education that's needed in dispensaries, and you know, I'm sort of in a position where I'm seeing a lot of these adverse reactions that are happening throughout the country, where cannabis is recreational. In fact, I had one case where a 33-year-old woman who's got very severe arthritis in her elbows. Who's a who's an experienced cannabis user went to her dispensary and said, "Hey, look, give me the most powerful thing that you have," and um, the dispensary agent gave her an RSO, which is a syringe with one cc of concentrated cannabis oil in it. It's the most powerful form of cannabis dispensaries have, and he didn't give her any dosing instructions. She went home thinking that 0.2 mLs on the syringe was going to give her a small dose of CBD and THC. In fact, what she got was a very large dose of THC and a very large dose of CBD. She wound up um, uh, going into an ambulance to the emergency room until she can come down. Mm. All right, so when you tell that tale, where did it go wrong, in your opinion? Like, where did it break down, which leading to the woman in the ambulance? Well, it broke down in two areas. One, people walking into dispensaries should have an idea of what they're putting into their bodies. But do should they be should people be relying on themselves and what they see on the web? I don't think so. I think you need to have educated people in dispensaries that know how to give out instruction. And I think that's going to be a big problem. It's only going to grow. Mm. And that's something Joseph has been working on. Yes, yes. I'm involved with uh, a lot of educational platforms. I give presentations around the country, um, you know, mostly for at, at pharmacy conventions where, you know, pharmacists by nature are conservative. And what I try to do is get them to realize that, hey, this is medicine and we have to treat it like that. And I'm not saying that cannabis is really dangerous. There's a lot more dangerous things out there, opioids. And we have a problem with that, of course. But at the same time, um, you know, we have to be careful, you know, especially for the senior citizen or the person who has, you know, uh, comorbidity, a lot of conditions where they have to be walked through the process of how to take cannabis. Well, let's go. Let's w- walk people through that process. Talk about that. Okay. Well, you know, we used to have in my dispensary um, an intake form similar to what you would fill out when you go into a doctor's office for the first time. So we would get a lot of basic information, demographic, family history, their their condition, but most important, some of the information, um, you know, eating, sleeping habits, drinking, things like that. W- one of the more important things that we would focus on is the drugs that they're on. And cannabis is not benign. I mean, there was a, a an article in the 2014 December issue of Pharmacy Times uh, by a couple of professors at the University of Washington where they discussed all the potential drug interactions that, occur, that can occur with cannabis. And so just by doing these consultations, I was able to recognize not only the drugs that these patients were taking that were causing some of their issues, but also potential drug interactions with cannabis. Uh, the, the problem I have with cannabis, uh, I haven't taken it in a long, long time, but the problem I have with it is it just freaks me out. I always think I get the worst uh, sense of who my 
I am, uh, Joseph. I'm like, oh, man, I'm no good. I'm terrible. Uh, I, I'm terrible at absolutely everything. That and the fact that I cannot have a, a sentence I, when I get I can't finish a sentence I start. I can't follow what a person is saying. So I, I have my own adverse reaction to it. Let's deal with the first one, the sense of, of overwhelming inadequacy that I'm not the only person who that works that way. There was a great Larry David bit in one of his uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm shows where he ends up having spoke to Joy, yelling at his at himself in the mirror, you're no good, you're worthless. So talk about that. Uh, how common is that a reaction? Very common. Paranoia and anxiety are two things that can happen with too much THC. And we don't know how much THC, because it's different for everybody. So I think, Ben, you know, whatever you took, you probably got it from the black market. Um, Take probably out of that sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you weren't given good instruction. Now, Uh, instruction. (laughs) It was Nickelback Bernie, man. There were no instruction. But uh, yeah, go ahead. But 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 to to your point Uh is, you know, one inhalation might be enough. You know, know, sometimes smoking, you know, half a joint. You're going to have these problems. Uh, not everyone has these problems, but paranoia and anxiety are certainly a problem. And when we have patients coming in with PTSD and anxiety, I'm real careful with those patients. What do you, why do you say that? Well, because THC can exacerbate paranoia and anxiety. So we really want to titrate the amount of CBD with the THC and the other cannabinoids to make sure that these hypersensitive patients that have these potential issues don't have these issues when they use cannabis. Are, you've given a lot of acronyms here. Why don't you break them down and explain what they are. I mean, PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. But talk about the the uh, cannabis-related acronyms. You were oh, okay, so THC is the active component of cannabis tetrahydrocannabinol and uh, CBD cannabidiol. THC ha- is, has the psychoactive properties of cannabis. Um, you know, people have been getting high for thousands of years and THC has been behind that. CBD has no psychoactivity. They both are anti-inflammatory, neuroprotective, and and what we don't know, if someone comes in with severe pain, is it going to be CBD or is it going to be THC that's going to help them? So I, I consider THC and CBD to be the power couple, and what we want to do is start higher with the CBD, lower with the THC, and then titrate based on how well they do. Um, in the dispensary I operated, you know, we hit the bullseye 50% of the time. Um, with people coming back and saying, that was great. It really worked. It helped my pain. It helped whatever. Uh, the other the other 50% of the time, we have to, you know, they come back two, three, four times, and we find the products and the doses that work for them. But we never had patients that had really bad adverse reactions because we're always careful. A 50% success rate the first time out is really high because every body is different. And something that works for them one day might not work for them a few weeks later their body changes. So this is something that also the, where the patient needs to take responsibility for their care and they need to speak with the person who's advising them. They need to be aware of the relief they're getting, the symptoms that are happening. I mean, there's nothing that's going to be life-threatening from this, but it's a question of if they're getting the relief they need or not, or if they're getting increased anxiety. And we also had samples of this product coming out of Arizona called Undo, U-N-D-O-O, Undo is a gel cap. It's got vitamin E, the good kind of vitamin E that you take orally, and um, an olive tall. Olive tall is 
um, a molecule that resembles the tail end of the THC molecule. And what it does, effectively does, is if you take too much THC, Ben, you're 18 years old, you're with your girlfriend in your parents' house, and you're high as heck, and your parents come home and you want to come down real fast, you take a couple of (laughs) undue capsules, and within 5 to 20 minutes, you're composed. And so undue can... Can undo. Undo. Duh. undo. Does it bind with the THC and pull it out of your system? Is it, that what it does? What it does Undoobie. is... Undoobie. <laughs> it occupies. It occupies the cannabinoid receptor site. So it doesn't... If you're using cannabis for pain, it doesn't affect that, but it does take away the psychoactivity. Wait, so time out. Excuse my utter ignorance about this. You Can, can you get undo just off the shelf? Uh, it's available online. We had samples in my dispensary. I had an, a, a relationship with the company, and we, I used to give them up. To the seniors that came in, the ones that I was very concerned, okay, here is your, 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 your safety net. You know, dehaze the blaze. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish they had undo back in the day. It could have really helped me out a lot. Uh, all right, let's go through the process. Let's say I walk in uh, to your pharmacy. And I want to get back. Dispensary. My bag. <laughs> Dispensary. And I say, I, I want to get back uh, smoking or taking a cannabis. Uh, I always look at Lisa. Cannabis, Ben. Cannabis. Uh, and uh, so what, what do you, what's the process you lead me through? What are the questions you ask me to try to figure out or ascertain, you know, with the proper dosage or the, the right product to use? Lead, lead me through that. Well, first I want to know how experienced are you? Do you have no experience? Do you have moderate experience? You know, have you been doing this since the 60s? Okay. Or- 70s. I'm not that old. <laughs> God damn, Joseph. <laughs> but you, I want to know what your experience level is because yeah. my, my, my presentation is going to be different if you're very experienced versus you're totally inexperienced. Uh, uh, right now, call me inexperienced because it's been since like 1980 or 81. So there you go. I would say I'm not that experienced, Joseph. I haven't... Uh, uh, indulged since uh, Ronald Reagan was president. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I want to understand that, and then I want to understand what's going on with you. What are your biggest concerns about using cannabis? Um, you know, what have you heard? Of, is there still a stigma in your? You know, I had so many people walk into the dispensary that would say, "I'd never thought I'd see, I'd be in a place like this. This is crazy." And so, you know, I have to moderate my presentation, my consultation based on their own experience. And then I would go through, um, and I had, I had this great uh, sheet that was produced by a nurse in Oregon that went through all the different routes of administration, pictures. So people like pictures. And then the, 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 the positives and the negatives of those different routes of administration. So routes of administration, inhalation, edibles, tinctures, topicals, suppositories, Okay. And, and we would go through all of that. And as I went through each one of these routes of administration, I would take a look at their face and see if there seemed to be acceptance or they were aghast with just, oh, my God, I'm never smoking that stuff or I'm not sticking that up my butt. <laughs> <laughs> Women have another option for suppositories, too. True. Thank you. For, now, uh, excuse my utter ignorance, but why would someone take it as a suppository? I've got a story for that. Go ahead. (laughs) I had a patient come in, a very nice lady. She's a clinical psychologist. She sits down for a living. She had a lot of pain back there. Mm -hmm. Um, She tried a couple of products. No, not great. You know, I mean, maybe, you know, some reduction in pain. She came in one day. One of my dispensary agents said, hey, have you ever thought about suppositories? She goes, well, no. So she bought a pack. 
Five days later, she came back and she cleaned us out. That route of administration made all the difference in the world for her. And because it's great for the localized pain relief and uh, you don't get the high, correct? Yeah, you don't get high when you use a suppositor. You shouldn't get Why? high. Why? It's just the way your body's set up. There, there is science behind it, um, but for the most part, topical preparations and suppositories don't necessarily get you high where you, the same dose orally or, or, or an inhalation would. So that's just straight up for uh, pain reduction, e- e- easing the pain. Easing right. the pain, decreasing the seizure activity. Um, you know, the, the cannabis can be used for so many appetite. You know, people that have cancer, you know, there's, there's, there's ways that we, we use cannabis for patients that have cancer. Now, how much have you convinced uh, the pharmaceutical industry, or not for, forget the industry, for, how much you, have you convinced other pharmacists uh, that this is a legitimate aid for people? When I first started, my first presentation was in Orlando, and I was in front of a group of pharmacists with the National Association of Specialty Pharmacy. And I always start my presentations with an informal survey. You know, let's see a show of hands of all of you pharmacists out there in the audience that believe cannabis, you know, we, we should be involved in this industry. And, you know, five years ago, half the hands went up. More recently, I gave a presentation to a group of Chicagoland pharmacists. There was about 200 pharmacists at a nice dinner. 250 hands went up. There's been a change in a groundswell of interest in cannabis as, as an alternative medicine. In, Especially, I think, since they're watching the opioid prescription so much more closely, you have people that are, you know, chronic or acute pain sufferers that need an alternate form of pain relief. Exactly. Uh, and uh, is there still entrenched opposition from some pharmacists who just say, this is like devil's weed? Do you, do, do you get that attitude to people who just, the knee-jerk response, the knee-jerk opposition that goes back to, like, law and order types in the 60s and the 70s? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, Ben. I actually have a, a, um, a podcast that I do every month or every other month, and um, it's called the Medical Podcast, P-O-T-C-A-S-T. And <laughs> the last one that I did um, was with a woman who's behind an organization called, um, oh God, Americans Against Marijuana Legalization. And it's, it's severe. I mean, this, this woman who's, who's behind this has a brochure um, that I saw when I was giving a presentation to a, to a bunch of seniors. And the senior asked a question, well, I understand cannabis, you know, screws up your immune system. And I said, well, you know, outside of the fact that I know laboratory rats who got skin grafts didn't reject those skin grafts when they got THC. Outside of that, I'm not sure of any issue with cannabis screwing up the immune system. And she gave me this brochure. Anyways, to your point... Um, we had a debate on a pod, this podcast, and then coming up in April, I've got a debate with someone who works with her, who is a pharmacist, who's dead, who, who's dead set against this. So, you know, to your point where, you know, are there pharmacists that are definitely against this? Yes, there are. But I think there are more that are looking, and just like doctors, you know, doctors want to see the science. They want to see you know, something in the New England Journal of Medicine, an article and, and the benefits. Because I think there's too much information coming out from the federal government that's negative, And this has been going on since the 70s. 
the opposition i'm fascinated i'm gonna have to go listen to this this debate between you and this woman from what is it called the Amer what's the name of their group um the americans against marijuana legalization and is her opposition to legalization entrenched in science or do you find it seeping out into it's entrenched in reefer madness yeah yes Yes, and and the, the the first big line in in the brochure that I saw was marijuana, you know, and then a couple of dots, and then a man-made disaster. Well, first of all, it's not man-made, <laughs> so you can just understand how yeah, ridiculous that, that brochure is. Ridiculous! Is. Wow. But but some of the points that are in the brochure, I actually agree with. You know, we shouldn't be giving it to you know kids, and and, and pregnant women shouldn't be using this, and you know, unless they're under you know proper guidance, and they really can't benefit from the drugs, or there's some issue with the drugs while they're pregnant that could cause an, an issue for their for their for their baby can i ask you a question about that and if you are not comfortable answering it because of the lack of scientific evidence just say so i have people that have approached me that are wanting to get pregnant they've been on benzos you know they successfully transitioned to cannabis and their doctors are saying get off the cannabis and get back on your benzos if you're going to get pregnant and they're asking me what they should do when I was running the dispensary, I actually had two patients that were pregnant and they were using cannabis because it was the only thing that worked. The other stuff didn't mm -hmm. work and was potentially teratogenic. That was my thought. For their, but you know, low birth weight, um, you know, some kind of effect down the road when that kid, after the kid is born, when he's 18, we don't really know. We don't have the science to show or prove that that's gonna be okay. So I think if there's an alternative, if the pregnant woman can stay away from cannabis, it's not a bad idea. But if they're suffering, if they're throwing up, you know, like 10 times a day, it might be the only thing that's, that works. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's talk about the federal opposition uh, to legalizing uh, cannabis. Uh, again, we're, it's legal in Illinois recreationally and uh, medicinally uh michigan am i correct is it also legal in michigan it, it's legal in michigan but it's kind of a hodgepodge there what do you mean uh you know it's you can you can open up a dispensary but if the local sheriff doesn't like you he can shut you down is that not that the case here in illinois you have to get approval from the municipality so yeah. that group that joseph was talking about this anti-marijuana legalization group, they go around to the different town hall meetings where there's debate about it and they try to shut it down. There was one meeting, someone was telling me they actually asked when people were opposing it, they asked, do you live in this district? And they realized it was just people from this group that were nowhere in the area, just trying to keep it, keep dispensaries from opening in the state. You know, it really wasn't their business. Have we come to the point where we are with alcohol. I don't, I'm not even saying we should get to this point, but follow me in this. If you, on, on Tuesday, there's going to be a um, election here in Illinois and uh, every candidate, well, maybe not with the coronavirus scare, but traditionally every candidate has an election night party. And at that party, booze is served. And if it's a winning candidate, it's a celebratory booze fest. And if it's a losing candidate, it's more like drown your sorrows in the booze type of evening. I've been to both, okay? Uh, I've commiserated with the losing candidates and I've celebrated with the victorious ones. And so nobody feels like they have to pretend they're not bought into the alcohol culture 
if you follow what I'm saying, Joseph. Sure. Then nobody apologizes for having a bar. In fact, like it's considered like if a candidate's wealthy enough to have uh, a free bar, they're like, whoa, those are where the parties to go to. So I've never seen a candidate apologize for that or, or, or try to, you know, distance him or herself from that, uh, even though people get drunk at a celebratory party and they go out and drive a car. It's a very dangerous thing. Are we, can you think of any politicians that are openly celebratory about their appreciation of cannabis? No. No, I think there's still too much, too much of a stigma and, you know, we're not going to see a celebratory event where everyone's smoking a joint or taking an edible. I mean, unless you're at a cannabis convention. Right, because there's still the question of the legality of consuming in public places, if you can do it, if it's at a private venue. There are politicians who I will not name on here who are very open about their cannabis use, past and present. And when they speak at conventions or at different types of you know, cannabis-related events, they talk about it. They're not ashamed of it. They're open. They believe that will help normalize and destigmatize. But in terms of a celebratory event, we've got to have those public consumption licenses, and I bet we would have candidates here in the Chicago area that would welcome that. All right. So federally, going back to my original question, how far are we away from legalization on a federal level? Depends upon who gets elected in November. And if someone wants to piss someone off as they're leaving office? (laughs) Right. I mean, you know, Joe Biden has said, you know, I I, want to see the proof, I want to see the science, and then we'll talk about... You know, and, and Bernie Sanders just, you know, let's legalize it on day one. Yeah. So, so I, you know, and, and he actually said in one of the debates, you know, it's in the same schedule as heroin. How ridiculous is that? Yeah. No one else said that. So, you know, I think under Biden, it's going to be a lot slower, kind of like the way it's been under Trump. Um, and we'll see what happens. Well, Trump, it's a curious thing. Uh, he had Jeff Sessions. At, we, You and I talked about this a lot. Uh Back in the day, uh, when he had Jeff Sessions as his attorney general, and Jeff Sessions was like really ground in reefer madness. His attitude toward marijuana was very bizarre. And I'd have to put him on the couch to really figure out where he was coming from with that opposition because there was nothing rational about it. Uh, And as you know, because you're in the industry, it was uh, Sessions' uh, virulent opposition to it that drove so much of the problems that uh, the cannabis industry had in terms of banking, one of our favorite topics when we talk about it. Since Sessions left, I'm wondering, has there been any liberalization in the Trump administration's attitude toward marijuana, or is it pretty much the same? Well, there was recently an article about Trump changing his direction with regards to cannabis, and in fact, you know, putting together a budget or something where the federal government can go after the medical cannabis um, dispensaries, which is very concerning because when when the when the uh, I forgot what it was, but the um, rule the coal memorandum came out. The coal memorandum did not allow the federal government to spend any money on pursuing, you know, rec or medical dispensaries. But when that was rescinded by by Sessions the medical dispensaries were still protected by the war farbacker bill um, but i think trump is now reneging on that one so we don't know what's going to happen well wow. let's just explain we've done this in the past but it's really important the coal memorandum was under uh, barack obama explain what the coal memorandum is it it just it had 10 or 15 points and it was just how the cannabis should 
at the state level should operate and 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 moder, mod, modify itself or not modify but moderate itself mm-hmm. and, and essentially Cole was he wasn't an attorney general he was like an under attorney general or, he was some kind of administrator that's the name Cole that's in the he wrote the mem- right. memorandum and it essentially said the federal government uh, will not raid medical dispensaries or they'll not crack down uh, they'll kind of looked the other way it was sort of like uh don't ask don't tell for cannabis and one of the first things session did was say ah that thing those old ground rules are off and that's a case where like a president using sort of an executive authority determines the federal government's attitude uh toward uh, marijuana or cannabis without actually legalizing it uh, joseph without pushing through bills that would radically change the federal government's attitude toward cannabis right because we have this legalized in 30 states you know in some form medical or recreational um there was protections for the medical side of this business Mm -hmm. um and no one and the federal government wasn't touching the rec side but now there's you know that could change i hope it doesn't i think the federal government is concerned about some other things right now Uh, So hopefully that's going to be ignored. But, you know, we do have, you know, some issues under the Trump administration. I think we'll have some issues under the Biden administration. I don't think there's going to be those kinds of issues under a uh, Sanders administration. No, legalize it right away. So if you're a big believer in legalizing cannabis, you know who your candidate is. Although I throw this out. If Donald Trump is desperate in October which he very well may be, I wouldn't be surprised. He's so unconventional. His wild card. Yeah, his wild card. All of a sudden, he'll be talking about legalizing uh, cannabis. I wouldn't be mm-hmm. surprised. Uh, he's be, he'd be a phony and a fraud, uh, and he would have wasted four years and put a lot of people in lives in jeopardy, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised. And I want to close with, again, our my, one of my favorite topics with you, the banking aspect, uh, because the... The federal government's opposition uh, to cannabis causes problems for cannabis providers. You and I talked about this at length several times. Is it st- uh, to get just banking services? Is it any better now, Joseph, than it was when we were talking about in 2017? No, it's not. There's still an issue. Um, banks are still hesitant to do it because what's happening at the federal government? It hasn't changed. The Safe Banking Act, which was supposed to go through, it was passed by the House. Uh, it was defeated in the Senate. Um, and then, of course, the opposition is out there calling that the Safe Vaping Act. You know, they, they just make fun of it. So, no, there has been no progress. And cannabis organizations that need banking are having a hard time finding banks to work with them. Mm. So what do they do? People ask me this all the time. So how does a dispensary... There are banks, and recently people have spent like weeks researching it and have found a few state banks that will take the money, that will not shut them down. The fees are really high. You know, when Sparky was on, he was talking about that. And I've heard other people say they've found banks, but it's not easy, and it's incredibly costly. Mm -hmm. All right, very good. What do you... uh run out of time here. Joseph, why don't you give folks uh, your podcast one more time, let them know how they can listen to it and all that good stuff. Well, if you go to the Pharmacy Podcast Network, there's several podcasts that are under that. The Medical Podcast is one of them, and that's the way to, to, to find it online. 
podcast pot get it d podcast oh uh, <laughs> that's what it is and lisa you have any updates you want to leave us with i want to share that the chicago flower and garden show has canceled the event for next week they will be running the show some point later in the year so our talk on growing and harvesting at home is on hold for now but NECAN, the big convention at which joseph will be speaking april 3rd and 4th at this moment is still on we have lots of other great medical experts um, people talking about the legal aspects of it, social equity and advocacy. So that will be great. All right. That's still on. That is still on All at right. the moment. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, thank you both for, for coming down, uh, not letting the coronavirus uh, deter you. And I also want to thank our other guests, Jeff Johnson, uh, Miles Conflassen. Uh, when the day began, I was kind of bummed out. I got to share this with you. I was, I was, the coronavirus was getting to me. That walk through the loop, D, was just something desolate about it. But you guys did a great job. Just the conversation, uh, making me feel better. Jeff Johnson really did a great job. He was just Jeff Johnson, you know, to the, it just, he wasn't going to let a little uh, <laughs> coronavirus deter him, so I'm feeling better about things. And I brought you a gift, a reader coaster. Oh, there you go. Find the right. reader table at events, and you can get one, too. Let's Ooh. keep it right there uh, for all our guests to look at. My beloved Chicago reader, love it very dearly. Been working there since the 1980s, I want to say. A long, long time. My God, you're old. (laughs) So anyway, uh, uh, Joseph Friedman, thank you very much. Lisa Solomon, thank you very much. Also want to thank Jeff Johnson, Miles Conflassen, and of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of Alton, Illinois. And as Lisa Solomon can tell you, back home in Alton, they call him White White Lightning. Lightning. (laughs) Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. Thank you. Bye. You're going to remember you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows and Benny J bonus interviews at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcasts. Downloaders, we live stream this program. It's true. Tuesdays through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time, typically on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel. Today we are on Facebook Live. Not sure why uh, YouTube wasn't working for us, but... We got up there. We'll be back on YouTube hopefully tomorrow. Find us one to three tomorrow and check out those backroom deals. No one calls me White Lightning. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone, make sure the kids hear words. That's correct.